and I have an outline for you. So, if you would like one, we'll let uh, some young men help us out. Wow. He needs glasses. What, when I said a young man will help us out? I noticed you came running forward to try to get something and hand him out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Proverbs chapter 4. You're there, hopefully, by now. And we can get the banter out of the way, Brother Umstead. You done now? Do I have to? Yeah. We got a lot of banter to get through because Sunday we didn't do anything. So I said things about you, but you weren't here. It wasn't as much fun, you know. <laughs> well, Peter came and sat in the second row, and he was like just, just right for the picking, you know. So, all right. You're in probably, you better be in Proverbs 4 by now. If not, you need to mark your Bible better or something. All right. Uh, Bible says, Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Let's pray together. Father, please open our eyes to behold the wondrous truths that are found here in Proverbs chapter 4. Thank you for giving us these words of wisdom and direction for life. And I pray that our hearts would be open to the truth of your word and that you touch our hearts appropriately. May we be stirred, may we be encouraged, and, and for those who are walking right, may we continue in the right path, in the path of righteousness, seeking your wisdom. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. A mother was sharing a story about uh, what her son taught her by an experience they had. Benjamin left the house in a confident hurry. Yes, he knew where he was going. He would follow his friend to the university for a day-long sports camp. No, there was no need to ride with anyone, and no, he didn't need directions. Thanks anyway. See you later. 45 minutes later, the phone rang. A panicked teenager was on the other end. Mom, should I have gone east or west on the interstate? East? That's what I thought. Steve told me to go west. After 30 minutes of driving, I knew I was nowhere near where I needed to be. 
I've turned around, but I'm going to be late. Coach is going to kill me. Got to go. Bye. I prayed for my son, she said. Lord, don't let him get so frustrated he gets into an accident. Slow him down. He called back. What highway do I turn off of? What's the exit number? How far do I go? When do you think I will get there? Will you call the coach for me? I could relate to my son. Although I rarely leave my house without exact directions if I'm going to an unfamiliar location, I often start out my day going into unfamiliar territory. And sometimes I don't get directions from my Heavenly Father, and I soon find myself in a panic calling upon Him to hurry and give me directions now! Or I need to have Him bail me out of my bad turn. I decided that day it was easier to, uh, or I decided many times it's easier to just do it my own way rather than take it slowly and do it God's way. What about you? Do you find you're a bit like Benjamin? (laughs) I know where I'm going. I can take care of this. I'm fine. And then as we get ourselves in in a tizzy because we've gone the wrong direction, Then all of a sudden, it's time to call on God to bail us out. You know, Lord, I don't need your direction today. I'm fine on my own. I know where I'm going. No, you don't need to help me today. In our text for this evening, we have a a father who is just pleading with his son to listen. To listen because he's going to give his son, or he has already given his son, good, sound, needed Advice for life, directions, counsel uh, that will get his son to the right destination in life. Uh, Directions that will keep him from going down the wrong road that leads to trouble and that leads to sorrow and frustration. And that really is the message of Proverbs chapter 4. It actually kind of seems like it's been the message of the first four chapters of the book of Proverbs. And we will probably find a number of other times in this book where that instruction is given. Slow down, listen. I've got something to tell you. I've got some instructions for life. And uh, if repetition is the key to learning, and obviously Solomon believed that to be the case, then we're going to find a lot of repetition in the book of Proverbs, especially about this subject of wisdom that we see Uh, just a few verses into this fourth chapter once again. Great instruction for us today. Is it going to be my way or is it going to be God's way? Am I fine today or do I need God's help? That is uh, the question that's going to be asked of us. So let's find, first of all, a needed work, a needed work. The first four verses share with us a needed work. And we begin in verse 1 with the call. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. By the way, verse 4 kind of repeats that thought when he talks about talking about his father says, He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. You know, you know isn't it kind of pretty, isn't it interesting that... Um, most often, teenagers talk about how when they were teenagers, said, I never want to be like you. And then after they get kids, and their kids start to grow up, 
they find themselves saying the things they said they would never say to their kids. Isn't it amazing? Solomon, in a sense, is telling us that's exactly what happened. Look, look at verse 4. Here's what my dad told me all the time. Listen. So what he's saying in verse 1, just like his dad, listen, I got a message for you. You need to pay attention. And that is the call. Our chapter begins with words to a child, important words, because they are the matter of life and death. And the call is for his son. Notice, to listen to the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. So he's asking his son, when he says, by the way, hear ye children, that first hear means to listen intelligently, to listen with the heart. We've talked about that many times, and that word is frequently used in the book of Proverbs. It's frequently used in the Bible. When you listen, you're to listen intelligently. You're to listen uh, very carefully. And then the word attend there in verse 1 also carries the same idea. It means to, you ever hear, uh, see a dog prick up his ears? Okay, that is the idea of this word. So prick up your ears, son. Listen to what I'm saying. I know you can't do it. Well, maybe you can wiggle your ears. I've never learned how to do that. But that isn't the idea. The idea is, hey, it's time for you to pay attention. There's something very important for you. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you understanding. He wasn't just trying to give his son good thoughts, but he was seeking to instill in his child the truth of God that would direct him every day of his life so he'd make the right turns in life, so he'd get on the right highway, so he wouldn't go the wrong direction on the highway he was supposed to go. And you know, that's what a dad is supposed to do, to protect his son from evil, to guide him in the paths that would lead to life, a fruitful, abundant one. Dad took the time to say, son, listen, I've got something to tell you. In verse 2, the child is told not to leave or refuse this instruction. Notice, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Don't leave it. And the reason why is good doctrine. Hey, have you ever received useless instructions? Come on, have you ever pulled out the instruction manual for, for something you're supposed to put together and it was messed up? Have you ever, have you ever had to go to... Um, Brother Wikoski has, has been doing this every year. He ends up coming this direction because they have new instructions for him and things they need to teach him. I would take it there have been times you've come and it's kind of like boring because, well, I already know all this stuff. You know, this is a waste. This is no good or whatever. I don't know if that's, that's ever the case or sometimes that might be the case for you. But I would suspect you've been places where you've gotten useless instruction. Maybe you were sent to a class or required to take a course in school. Had nothing to do with what you were going to be or do in life. And you just kind of sat in there saying, when is this going to be done? <laughs> All right, we can tell someone who had trouble with algebra. Okay. Uh, I would say just about like 90% of my classes. But anyway... Um, uh, the truth of the matter is what he was going to share was important because it was good doctrine. Um, it's a waste of time when you take a course that has nothing to do with what's needed for life. 
but it's not a waste when you learn from God good doctrine because it will guide you in each step of life. And so that is the call that we find. How important is it to hear and learn? Look at verse 4 again. He taught me also and said, Let thine heart retain my words. Why is this so important? You tell me. Look at the end of the verse. Okay, this is a, seriously, your life depends on this. Your life depends on knowing God's commandments and following them. This is a life and death proposition. And that's why the Father said, let these words enter your heart. Don't just say, yeah, I heard you, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you've told me that one a dozen times. No, no, let your heart, let these words sink in and touch your heart because your life depends on it. If you follow this closely, um, then, and you hold it fast, which is the idea of this. If you hold on to it, if you follow it, it's going to mean a good life. You forsake it, and you forsake it to your own detriment. Picture in your mind a guy entering the military, and he goes through basic training, and he's chosen because he shows some, some real promise to be part of a group to train to be uh, bomb disposal technicians. There you go. That's a pretty serious job, don't you think? I don't know about you, but if I was ever chosen for something like that, I'd listen closely in class. Wouldn't you? Here's how to defuse a bomb. Yeah, I think I'd listen pretty closely to that instruction. Oh, man, is it the red wire or is it the white wire? <laughs> you know, which one am I supposed to cut now? Uh, oh, oh, look at this. I've never seen that before. I mean, that's not, those aren't good words to say when you're standing over a bomb. That can, can do you in for life. Look, if you were part of a team that was going to defuse live bombs, then look, training is vitally important. Because your life and the life of others depends on learning everything you possibly can so you can deal with the explosives. Am I right? I mean, it's kind of silly illustration, I know. But quite frankly, we're dealing here in these Proverbs with things that uh, if you don't listen, um, you know, a, a bomb can take your physical life. But uh, refusing to listen to God's wisdom and God's instruction will absolutely ruin your life. Just ruin it. And that's why uh, this stuff... In fact, I, I, I put in my notes, the stuff in this chapter is dynamite. It really is. It is, it is. it is the difference between life and death, like a time bomb that, if not handled properly, will blow you away. But if handled right, will save your life. Um, the instruction here will be of great benefit. So that's the call. Now, see the commandments. Why are these commandments so important? Because um, he was going to give him understanding, uh, verse 1. Because in verse 2, it was good doctrine, not just doctrine, not his opinions, but it was good. 
And then, as we already saw at the end of verse 4, because it helps you to live life to its fullest. Um, so these are the commandments that he was giving. Uh, and I, I find verses 1 to 4 challenging because I know as a dad, I had commandments. And, and, and my wife had commandments, you know. Wash your hands before you eat. I mean, there's a lot of commandments, a lot of practical instructions for life, but they're not life or death. The parent has the job, has the task, has the God-given responsibility to lay before their children the timeless truth of God's word and say, listen to it. Can I, can I just say this? Um, some parents don't do that job, and they're counting on a Christian school, they're counting on homeschool, they're counting on the church, pastor, a Sunday school teacher to do the job God's called them to. Now, a pastor is supposed to do that. A Sunday school teacher is supposed to do that. Hopefully, the homeschool material you use will do that. But that's your job, too. And this is powerful to me because it was, it was Solomon saying, Son, I've done my job. And son, my dad did his job. Now, follow through. So it was good uh, doctrine, these commandments. As a pastor, as a father, I've sought to teach and instruct people in the truth of God. Um, I know what these things mean because they've been a guide to me. And I especially can relate to this because I had a dad who did that, who said, son, this is the right way. Walk in it who, yes, had me at church, and yes, put me in a Christian school, which I needed. And yes, um, got others involved in helping, but a dad who sat down every day and read the Bible as a family, every night, after supper. We wanted to go out and play, but that wasn't dad's plan. Dad's plan was we're going to memorize scripture as a family. We're going to sing songs. We're going to read the Bible. And if your friends come over, they're just going to have to wait, and they can sit in and listen if they want. And we just need that more. We need that going on. It's a wonderful picture of family doing what family is supposed to do. And these commandments were true, and they were reliable, and, um, you know, as, as a pastor, as a dad, I, I've, seen, I've seen kids, I've seen my kids, I've seen others um, struggle miserably because they ignored the commands of God. And on the other hand, I've seen people turn their lives around who are wrecks. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing someone grasp Bible truth and see it revolutionize their life. Which one are you? Which one are you? Are you one that's being changed by the word yourself? 
or one whom the word is falling on hard soil. Does anyone find the challenge in this? The call, we have the commandments. Then we have the, the, the challenge. There you go. We get that word in there. While these verses are Solomon instructing his child about the importance of this teaching, um, let's bring out the fact that he was uh, a father giving good godly counsel to his son like his father gave good counsel, good counsel to him. Um, teach your children right from wrong. Let your grandparents, if they're godly, do the same. And instill in your kids the truth. I, do you see in verse 1, 3, and 4, two generations, two generations doing their work. Do you know why Solomon could teach his son good doctrine? He tells us, because my dad taught me good doctrine. Um, your, your grandkids won't have the opportunity they could if you don't do your job now. And you may not think that's important, but when you have grandkids, you will. What an important lesson. The hope of the father in verse 1 was that the son would hear it and carry it on so it could go to the next generation. And there's a, a precious picture. Look at verse 3. I love this. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. I was loved by my parents. Okay, so how do loving parents act? Look in verse 4. You tell me. How do loving parents act? Okay, loving parents teach, right? Uh, by the way, uh, one of the words found here, uh, the instruction of a father, it's not only teaching, but it's also uh, ch chastisement, chastising. The word is not misused when it's used in that sense. And it could be both because that sometimes is part of teaching. Correction. So, so parents, there's a, a great job and a great, great challenge here uh, to do the job. A loving parent involves instructing, teaching, correcting, doing everything that's necessary so, so your kids can't say someday, no one ever told me. I'll have to make a choice. They're going to get to the path and they're going to they're get in the car and they're going to drive down the road. And they may go the wrong way down the highway. But that's the decision they'll have to make. But until they get there, teach them. Do your job. Preacher said this. He said, our, our, our daughter Lisa is all grown up and married and even a mom. But the other day she told me about the Bible verse she learned as a little girl and never forgot. If God be for us, who can be against us? In Romans 8, 31. And she told me why she never forgot it. She said, one day when she was pretty young, I had brought her to my office. At lunchtime, we walked downtown to get something to eat. And as Lisa remembers very vividly, we passed a storefront that was a, a, must have been a fortune teller's place because there was a picture of a big human palm in the window. Seen one of those things before? Signifying 
that the occupant did palm reading. And Lisa told me, I explained to her what that meant. And that night she got to thinking about it and she was too scared to go to sleep. Uh, probably put the fear of God in her about the evil of that and how it uh, does beckon and call to Satan and demons and other things like that. At which point she says, I knelt next to her bed. I gave her the uh, word for today from the word of God. If God be for us, who can be against us? And she went to sleep repeating those words. She said she never forgot them. She hung on to them many times in the years to come. Lisa said, Dad, you know why that Bible verse became part of me? Because it was linked to a real experience. He said, there's nothing new about that. That's how God's been telling parents to make God real to their children for, what, 3,000 years. We make God real when we share the truth of Scripture, but when we share it in a practical and real way, when the Word becomes living proof. Before we move on to wisdom, because that's the next point in verse 5, let's learn the admonition that Solomon gave to his son so children can learn. But let's also learn from Solomon and learn from David, who are both talked about in this passage and who both did the job God called them to do. And may we learn from it, be challenged by it, and be faithful to it.